Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where usually we look at political leaders, but because of the election, we're doing 36 straight days of elections in Canadian history. Right now we're on a 1900 election, but I'll get to that. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every single Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. Over the past month, I've been traveling around Alberta visiting historical sites. So I've been kind of doing reruns on those podcasts. But that's about to change. Now that I'm kind of settling down once again, I have a few more places to visit though, I'm going to be getting back to my regular rotation of episodes. So... I hope you all enjoy what's coming, because it's going to be fantastic. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at bairdho37. And of course, if you enjoy this, please give a five-star review. Anybody who gives a five-star review, a written review, or donates, or becomes a patron, gets a shout-out on my social media and in an episode. The first election of the 20th century would arguably be one of its most boring. The Liberals were coming off four years of power, and the Conservatives were in disarray after they were ousted from power in 1896. While it was a success for the Liberals, it would see the Conservatives make a change after the election that would bring success 11 years later. So, this won't be a very long episode. Over the previous four years, Laurier dealt with the Manitoba schools question, creating the Laurier-Greenway Agreement, which confirmed that separate schools would not be re-established in Manitoba, but that religious instruction in schools could happen between 3.30pm and 4pm, if requested by parents of 10 children in rural areas or 25 in urban areas. As well, at least one Roman Catholic teacher had to be hired if the parents of 40 children in urban areas and 25 in rural areas demanded it. If a school had 10 children who spoke a language other than English, instruction would be given in English, and then the children's mother tongue. His government also would bring in a two-level tariff system that penalized countries that had a protective tariff against Canadian goods, and those that admitted Canadian goods at a minimum rate were given a better rating. He also implemented a huge immigration effort to settle the West, which would bring in hundreds of thousands of new Canadians over the course of the decade after 1896. This would completely change the framework and fabric of Canada. One of the biggest issues of the previous year before the election was the decision to send 1,000 Canadian volunteers to South Africa, with England taking on the cost of maintenance to fight in the Boer War. Charles Tupper, who had spent the previous four years as leader of the opposition, had done what he could to hold the party together during those years, but he knew that his time as leader was coming to an end. Laurier was simply too popular to defeat. The Conservatives were hopeful, though, of an election upset considering the results were close enough in 1896. For that reason, they asked Tupper to stay on as leader, despite the fact that in 1900 he was 79 years old. Another reason that the Liberals were sure of victory was that Canada was going through a huge economic boom, which started soon after the Liberals came to power. That boom would continue through 1900 and would help to fuel the Liberal success for several elections to come. 
Tupper, of course, would attack Laurier, ironically calling him too English. The Liberals would then campaign on the slogan of Union, Peace, Friendship, and Fraternity. While the 1896 election had seen several parties after the Conservatives fractured amid the Manitoba schools question, the 1900 election saw the old stalwarts of the Conservatives and the Liberals going toe-to-toe. They were the usual group of independents and the Labour Party, which had been formed at the 1896 election, but they only fielded three candidates and none got elected. While the 1896 election was a decisive election, the 1900 election was much more of a sedate affair. The issue of sending troops to the Boer War had been resolved, the Manitoba schools question had appeased most, and was not really an issue in Quebec four years after it nearly split the country. As such, there were no hard issues for the parties to really campaign on. The Liberals built on their success from the previous election, and the Conservatives did what they could to hold on to Ontario. In the November 7th election, the Liberals increased their seat total to 128 seats, the highest for any political party since the Conservatives won 134 seats in 1882. They also increased their share of the popular vote with 50.3%, an increase of 8.9%. On the Conservative side of things, they lost 7 seats falling to 79 seats, and their share of the popular vote fell 2% to 46.1%. The number of independents elected was also down, with only six elected total. The Liberals once again dominated in Quebec, picking up 57 seats, while the Conservatives could only muster eight in total. The Conservatives continued to rely on Ontario to bring in seats, winning 47, while the Liberals picked up 34. Only in Ontario and Manitoba did the Conservatives beat the Liberals. In British Columbia, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island, the Liberals won a great majority of the seats. While Laurier entered his second term as Prime Minister of Canada, Tupper announced his resignation as leader of the Conservatives two days after the election. And he would help select a new man from Nova Scotia to lead the party, a man named Robert Borden. I hope you enjoyed that episode, as short as it was, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. Tomorrow, we're looking at the 1904 election. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons, and if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romain, Dr. Bob Turner, one anonymous person who I really appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, and Iris Gray. Information from Dynasties and Interludes, Biography, Canadian Encyclopedia, and Wikipedia. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.